Hello everyone and welcome to Oki Investigations. My name is Trevor Shelby. I'm an Oklahoman who loves to investigate crimes that's happened in my state and also all across the United States. I have a bachelor's degree in criminal justice and a love for true crime. The stories that are featured on this show are true stories. The narrative of each story comes from the extensive research through police reports, trial notes, appeals, personal counts, news reports, and much, much more. Opinions in the show should be taken as such. For more information on each story, join us at our webpage, truecrime.blog, or on our Facebook page, Oki Investigations. These stories depict violent crimes of all types and may be a trigger for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Today we're continuing the limited series where we discuss true crimes depicted in the book Celebrated Criminal Cases of America by Thomas Duke. Like mentioned in our last episode, this will not replace our show, but will be released as bonus episodes. With that said, Celebrated Criminal Cases of America is a book in the public domain and is widely thought upon as one of the first true crime storybooks published in the United States. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to research these cases. They range from the mid-1800s to early 1900s, and I will see what I can find on them. Did these cases happen as they were told? What was left out of the story? I'm eager to find out. First, the story from Celebrated Criminal Cases of America by Thomas Duke. Here is the sensational killing of the prominent attorney Alexander Crichton by Laura Fair. Alexander Crichton was born in Lexington, Kentucky on January 14, 1816. Andrew Jackson was a close friend of his family, and it was through Jackson's influence that Alexander was sent to West Point. He graduated from this military college with Sherman and remained in the army for about one year. He graduated from military college with Sherman and remained in the army for about one year. At the age of 22, he married and went to Texas, where he was admitted to the bar. And in 1852, he came to San Francisco and associated himself with S.M. Wilson, under the firm name of Crichton and Wilson. They became one of the most prominent law firms in San Francisco. Laura Fair was a native of Mississippi, and at the age of 16, she married a man named Stone, who died about one year afterward. She then married a Thomas Grayson of New Orleans, but divorce was obtained six months afterwards. In 1859, she married Colonel W.B. Fair, who was at that time the sheriff of Shasta County, California, who was subsequently moved to San Francisco with his wife. Owing to family troubles, he committed suicide in December of 1861. After the death of her husband, Miss Fair conducted the Tahoe House in Virginia City. During the war, her sympathies were with the South, to such an extent that she took a shot at a northern soldier. But as her aim was very bad, 
she was never punished for her action. On another occasion, she shot a man at the Russ House in San Francisco, whom she claimed had made a disparaging remark concerning her. But again, her aim was bad, and again, she escaped prosecution. Ms. Fair had some ability as an actress and appeared at the Metropolitan Theater in Sacramento on March 5, 1863, as Lady Tisdell in the School for Scandal. In August 1870, a young man named Jesse Snyder married her, but on October 8th of the same year, they were divorced. In September 1870, Crichton sent his wife and several children east for a pleasure trip, and on the afternoon of November 3rd, he went to Oakland to greet them on their return. He met his family at the Oakland Pier and accompanied them aboard the ferry El Capitan. From the time of the family reunion, Mr. Crichton's son Parker noticed a woman dressed in black and heavily veiled who seemed to be watching their actions very closely. And when the family was seated on the boat, she hurried towards them and suddenly, whipping out a pistol, shot Crichton Sr. in the chest. The wounded man fell unconscious, and the woman hurried away and took a seat. But Captain Kinsdale of the Harbor Police, who was on the boat at the time, disarmed her and placed her under arrest. It was subsequently learned that she was Laura Bear. Immediately after being arrested, she began to act in a peculiar manner. And when a stimulant was handed to her in a glass of water, she bit a piece out of the glass. At 6 p.m. on November 5th, Crichton died. And on the day of his funeral, the federal, state, and municipal courts adjourned. His funeral was one of the largest ever held in San Francisco up to that time. Miss Fair was charged with murder, and during the trial, which occurred in San Francisco, she testified that she and Crichton had been intimate for seven years past. The defense offered that Crichton had brought havoc with Miss Fair's mind and that she was in a blind frenzy when she shot him. On April 26, 1871, the jury, after a short deliberation, brought in a verdict of guilty of murder, and on June 3, 1871, Miss Fair was sentenced to be hanged on July 28th. On July 11th, the Supreme Court granted her stay of execution and finally granted her a new trial, at which she was acquitted because of her attorney's plea to the jury that the defendant was a victim of emotional insanity. For many years after her acquittal, Miss Fair made a living as a book agent in San Francisco. Now, here's some of the research that I did. I always find it interesting to see these cases written with so little information. And I start doing my own research and find a ton more readily available. It makes me wonder if Thomas Duke was trying to fit as many cases into this book as possible and didn't want this book to be 10,000 pages long. This case was very interesting to read, to say the least. I had a lot of fun like digging through and finding some information on it. 
the affair between Alexander Crichton and Laura Fair was the real deal. When they got together, Laura had no idea he was married. This quickly changed. When she found out, she confronted Alexander about it, and he told her he would get a divorce. Of course, he never did. This is what led to the planning of the murder in the first place. The other interesting thing that I found out was an odd story about Laura's time in jail, in prison. You see, she absolutely refused to eat any food offered to her. Instead, she had food brought in twice a day. At first, she had several visitors, and getting food to her was really no problem. But over time, it was just her mother and daughter coming, and they would have to take turns bringing in food. Throughout the trial and appeals, Laura's name was dragged through the mud. She was tried in court and in the court of public opinion. But just before the appeal, the newspapers were taking this just a step further. They were trying to suggest something strange was going on with her and her case. Between the sentencing and retrial, several people had died who were connected to this case. The judge had died, the victim's son died, and Laura's own mother was deathly ill. Even though she was behind bars at this time, the way the articles were written, you would have thought that she was being let out to gather more victims. Her family also endured the newspaper's onslaught. Laura's brother was going through a divorce and it made national news just because his sister was a killer. The only thing I found really odd about this case was the retrial itself. They acquitted her because of emotional insanity. But it was quite evident that she had planned this whole thing. She knew Alexander was going to be on that boat. So she disguised herself so no one would recognize her. And she brought a gun to kill him with. This wasn't a spur-of-the-moment blind rage thing. This was a properly planned murder. I just... I really don't buy the whole emotional insanity thing. But let me know what you think in the comment section below. Thank you all for joining me. Remember, if you want to see more on this, uh, just go to truecrime.blog and pull this case up. We've got the chapter of the book in here, uh, what research I did, and I've got a whole gallery of newspaper articles on this case. Really cool stuff. I hope you guys enjoy it. I'll see you all next time. See ya. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.